Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Candace. Last time on Little Realms, our heroes finally opened the lockbox and hit level four. I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the playful tiefling. Vim became a level four way of the samurai fighter and picked up the actor feat. I am Dan. I play Cyrus Sassafras, the elderly worldwide druid. Cyrus became a level 4 Circle of Spores Druid, and I increased my dexterity score by 2, so I am pretty dexterous. I'm Nikki, playing Jarell Goldenheel, the frustrated Elven Scholar. Jarell leveled up to a, number, a level 4 Enchantment Wizard, increasing their intelligence and picking up a few new spells. And I'm Adam, I play Arden, the pragmatic Half-Elven Ranger. Arden became a Pact of the Blade warlock. Last time on Little Realms, in addition to leveling up to level four, this is what our party got up to. The Library of Mithrin is an impressive structure, defining the northeast quadrant of the city. At the library, I was assisted by an interesting librarian by the name of Judy that may be as old as the establishment itself. I retired to Journey's End to begin reading while the others went to the evidence locker. Everything at the precinct went perfectly. Or it would have if the feather Vim had given me for my spell hadn't been defunct. We were able to negotiate our way into the evidence locker at the precinct, but I wasn't able to shake that dangerously chiseled Captain Rowan. He watched us the entire time as we looked through Liara's belongings. Drell and I looked through the possessions Liara left behind while Cyrus did his best to distract the captain. Liara didn't leave much behind. Some white robes, a hairbrush, and a diary. But what she did leave behind was incredibly important. The precinct charade was a disaster. I don't know why those two thought giving fake identities to a man who definitely knows who we are at a place we have already been was a good idea. At least one thing came out of the debacle. After we returned to Journey's Hand, we were able to use the information we found in Liara's diary and finally, finally open the lockbox. You have that message in the box. So what do y'all want to do? Yeah, so Liara read, kind of wrote down that Myrne had come to her, confessed to the the murder of the previous leader of the city, and had it seemed like he had something else he wanted to say, but then didn't finish and kind of ran off, and then she was going to go talk to Rowan, and then presumably was possibly killed by him, but we're not sure. Are we all currently in a We're in my place? room. Okay. So we're in we're all in Jarell's room looking at this note. Well, this seems to be quite a stickier situation than I was anticipating. 
this certainly seems worthy of bringing to the attention of, of Jonna and Hyatt. And what do we expect them to do exactly? If it's the captain of the group that is behind bringing people to justice that perpetuated everything, actually it seems like a bit much to cause disappearances over. Well, they are the ones that tasked us with this assignment. I assumed that we would be reporting back to them in any case, regardless of what they found. Certainly, they I would expect they have a better idea of the political pulse of the town and might have a better sense of how to proceed, regardless of what they're able to actually materially do about it. I am not opposed to reporting our findings so far. Everything that you say is true. They are the ones who gave us this mission. I mean, what else would you propose we do? We can't unilaterally decide to, what, take over the town? Throw Rowan in jail for a possible crime that we can't prove? Cyrus strokes his chin. That would be a grand adventure. No, no, no. That was sarcasm, not a suggestion. Actually, you know what? One thing I've learned in my time, and I think, you know, you you have the authority you give yourself, so I don't think that's completely off the table, but... You are right. We did promise the Margrex we would report back with the information we gave. And so far, they do seem to be the ones who care the most about Liara. Also, we do need to sort out this paperwork and get their retroactive permission to look through her belongings. If he's willing to, to kill a local priestess to cover this up... I would not feel comfortable feeling that we were somehow immune. Cyrus begins rubbing his bicep. We'll be ready if Rowan comes for us. Yes, well, I've got more important things to do than running off getting myself a cover story. I'll motion with the book. By the Speaking of the book, what, what, what did you find at the library? I, I don't remember if you told us that. Honestly, not very much yet. I was there for a morning and books are long, but I do have this book, which I'll show to them. Hopefully it'll have something useful in it. Jarrell reaches out for the book, like, automatically. <laughs> Jarrell, if you want to, like, flip through the book and roll at intelligence. I absolutely do. May I? May I? May I look at it? Of course. Jer- Jarell holds out their hands for the books and you could swear their eyes are shining a little bit. Maybe I should bring you along with me next time. I would be happy to join you at the library anytime, Arden. <laughs> I'll hand the book over too. Fifteen. So the book that Arden found is essentially a ye old criminology survey. It's just data? Yeah, it's data. How recently was it written or collated? It was compiled five-ish years ago. So previous to the current leadership of the town. Is it criminology stats in Mithrin? No, it's a aggregate of a lot of missing persons cases from all over the coalition nations. And what it's doing is it's offering possible explanations for these disappearances. But the reason Arden picked up this book as special interest is at the very back, like the final chapter, is a section about missing persons that their cases 
the author of this book was never able to find a corresponding answer for it. Almost all of these missing persons that were never solved happened in one of three geological locations around the Coalition Nations. And one of those locations is roughly where Mithrin sits right now, like the Mithrin area, the forest area, and the northern mountains beyond. And roughly how many? It covers about the last 20 years, and there have been seven disappearances. So not many, okay. Not a whole lot, but the author seems to have done a very, very thorough job and these cases just have completely stumped them. Are there names? There are names. I jot down the names of the seven people who disappeared. Excellent. Cyrus begins snapping his fingers. Earth to Jarrell, what what is so interesting in that book? The other reason that Arden was drawn to this book, you find out, is that the author seems to believe that there is a distinct possibility that the Fey Wild, the Fey something supernatural could have happened to these people. Where this book came from, there are probably at least a dozen more on similar topics. Well, I have been meaning to hit the library, and I'm always ready for another research project. Yes, anytime that you would like to go, I would be happy to set you loose in the appropriate sections. Drill has total anime eyes right now. Sounds horrible. Then will you train me while these two are (laughs) doing their book club? Well, we're doing our book club. You two need to go and get some paperwork, or so I am told. I think it'll be fine. Jarrell has the paperwork in their vest. They kind of pull it out, and they sort of glance between the paperwork and Cyrus. I'll take care of it, Jarrell. No, Jarrell refuses to hand it over. (laughs) Um, well, oh... Can I look over the paper? What What is this paperwork? What What kind of... You said it was like three pages double-sided. A TS-10? <laughs> Henry. <laughs> Henry. Rowan gave us these forms to fill out. What's the gist? You take a closer look at the form, and the form has absolutely nothing to do with getting possession of the items. It's like a request for public housing or some such Jarrell rolls their eyes so hard they almost fall out of their head, balls it up, and throws it across the room. Or, like, tosses <laughs> it over their shoulder, like, whatever. Wait, wait, wait. I, I thought you were worried about that. What's going on here? I am worried about Rowan and whatever he may or may not do, but this is garbage. <sighs> I wonder why he gave it to us. Seems that the form has nothing to do with getting possessions. I don't know why he wanted us to fill this out. Bureaucrats are useless. Bureaucrats have their place, but this particular piece of bureaucracy seems to be nothing but a threat. Seems like luck has favored us and my plan worked out perfectly. We don't need to worry about the forms anymore since they are garbage. You two can go on your your book club, and then I can learn the ways of the fighter. Please remember that Rowan does exert considerable power in this town to stymie any plans you may have, or, you know, kill you in your sleep. So, we may want to do something to appease his 
curiosity as to uh, the discrepancy and the various stories we've told him and his assistant. Hmm. Oh, well, whatever happens, happens. Jarrell looks at Vim imploringly. <laughs> I agree with Jarrell. Well, I, I think our little charade at the precinct was exhilarating. Rowan did ask us to return with a piece of paper verifying that we are, well, these weren't his exact words, but the gist I got is he needs a piece of paper that means we aren't culpable for our action. <laughs> well said. <laughs> and I would like to provide him with a piece of paper that how you would say um, abs- absolves us of anything. So I, I think that I think that perhaps we could go to the Margrax, give them an update on what we found, and get something with their signature on it that says we're cool. Well, whatever you guys think is best, whatever. I'm lead the way. It's just part of the quest, Cyrus. Besides, you had said that you wanted to report what we found to the Margrax. What opportunity to do so than when you're going to get permission to do something that you've already done? I've already agreed. I still think we should just roll the dice and see what happens in our sleep, but whatever. We'll, we'll go to the Margrix. Jarell is giving you the weirdest, <laughs> like, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, oh, Cyrus. He may send some... Well, okay. I like to sleep soundly at night, but if he is going to send someone to harm us in our sleep, then we'll be ready and we will fight back. And do not worry, we will have our, um, training session as soon as we have time. Excellent. Alright, so is the plan for Vim and Cyrus to head to the Arendelle estate and Jorel and... Arden are heading back to the library. So long as they trust us with this mission. Jarrell is dubious, but also is kind of done with his whole box business. <laughs> so you all head back down to the common room of Journey's End. Presumably, you're all going down at the same time. Uh, Vim, just a moment. Yes, Jarrell. Jarrell kind of picks up a piece of paper from their desk and, and fiddles with it awkwardly. I, uh, I've been thinking and, you know, it's been, it's been a very different journey than I expected so far. Um, this little sabbatical to, to Mithrin, but I've been thinking and, you know, my sister always likes to tell me once you've digging, dug your hole deep enough that you can't really climb out anymore, then maybe it's best to start digging sideways. So I'm tired of you know, I feel like I keep getting swept up in things without really planning what I'm doing or, or doing it on purpose. And so I, they hand you, they like kind of thrust a piece of parchment at you awkwardly. Bim is like watching expectantly, not sure what to, what Jarrell's driving at. And when they take the piece of paper and they, they, cause they're an outside voice reader, they, they look down on it and they go, um, what Jarrell, this is, um, Mithrin neighborhood watch application and membership date. Oh, submit it. There's there's even a spot for a name and for someone to put down their profession. We'll have to include by day, but um, 
but uh, contact info availability offered skill sets. Darrell, this this is amazing. Darrell hands you a second piece, and it's a copy of the same one, and it has their name on it. Oh, and at this, uh, Vim, actually, you, you see uh, a little glistening. Oh no, don't cry, or I'll cry. <laughs> oh, Jarell, um, you, oh gosh. So they haven't signed it yet. It's completely filled out. I, I haven't signed it yet because, you know, I wrote a statement of commitment and I thought I would check the final language with you since you're, you know, the co-founder. Um, make sure that it, you know, passed, passed muster first. Oh, Jarell, this is, this is wonderful. Of course, we'll have to figure out if we're going to do this under our, um, our real names or our fake names. Actually, I don't even, I don't think we made up fake names. We'll have to come up with fake names or use our real ones anyways. Oh gosh. And she kind of, she wipes at the corner of her eye. She, she holds this piece of paper and then she looks and she says, this is so much better than the one I was working on. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's to many illegal clandestine <laughs> adventures in the future, I suppose. And then she reaches out her hand to shake Jarrell's and co-founders. Co-founders. Let's bring some civilization to this town. Let's protect the citizens. All right. We have jobs to do. Well, not real jobs. We have bullshit jobs to do. <laughs> we should get going. Vim turns around and you see Vim wipe a tear away from one of her eyes as she as she shoves both pieces of paper down her pants and walks away. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know you've really charmed someone when they go shoving whatever you gave them down their pants. You both make it downstairs. Cyrus and Arden... Uh, are waiting for you. So y'all are able to walk together before splitting off, one going north and one going south. Oh man, it's that awkward, like, parting where like, well, I'll see you later, and then we start walking the same way. Exactly. We've got this, Jarell. Vim, don't mess this up! Oh, I don't. Um, goodbye! Vim and Cyrus are heading down the road to the Arendelle estate. And when you get within sight distance of it, pretty sure that you recognize one of the guards that's standing out front. And then when you are within earshot, you are 100% sure that you recognize one of the guards standing out front because he starts waving a hand in the air excitedly. Oh, God. Hey! Hey! Let's walk a different way. And there's also another guard standing, the other one standing next to him. You're far enough away that you can't see the like, details about them. They are leaning back against one of the fence posts and their arms are crossed and they seem like they are blindly ignoring poor Chakota. And so Chakota says, Hey, well, what brings you around this time? How's it been? Well, um, this, remember last time we came, we, we wanted to speak to the Margrex. Well, the story's the same this time, friend. He says, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if you'll follow me, please. The Airedales have a visitor at the moment, but once we get inside, I will see where they are in that meeting, and then you'll probably be able to see them. So follow me, follow me. 
Psst, Chakota, before we yeah. go inside, have you actually seen the Margrics in their current condition? Have you been in the same room with them? Uh, no. That's a shame, Jakota. I thought you would be useful to us, but apparently you are just you. You seem like the kind of fellow who could take, you know, two and a half, three days of experience and really extrapolate it out to just, you know, months of knowledge. So at first he puts his head down and his shoulders droop. And then when Viv talks, he like sort of straightens up, but his eyebrows are still really quirked and he's not quite sure. It's asshole cop, good cop. And the other guard snorts. <laughs> Says, uh, well, follow, follow me. He opens the gate, leads you on the path. Like the last time you were here, he leads you into that kind of drawing room, entrance room, and says, you know, let me, Hyatt, Jana, and the Margrics are finishing up a meeting right now, so let me please wait here, and I will go and let them know that you are here, and either myself or one of the others will come back down for you. Up, 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 not so fast, Jakoda. Who, uh... Who are they meeting with right now? They're meeting with Captain Mirne, I believe. Yes. No, it is Captain Mirne. That's his guard out front. My eyes bulge. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, I'm just, like, looking at Finn. <laughs> Mirne, do they visit often? I mean, my understanding is that both Birde and Rowan have weekly meetings with the Margrex to keep him up to date on the goings-on of the city. And her tail kind of starts to flick. Maybe Cyrus might be able to identify it, it as nervously. And she continues, Well, they are all, um, they seem to be the individuals with the most power in this city. And I guess it makes sense that they would meet regularly. There's probably nothing for us to concern ourselves about, Cyrus. Yes, this is all perfectly normal. We will wait. Okay, I'm gonna go get them. Mm-hmm. Once he leaves the door, I'm going to be the, the five-year-old who sticks my ear on the door and tries to listen in on what's going on in the other room. We'll go ahead and roll a perception. As Cyrus puts his ear on the door, Vim attempts to put her ear on Cyrus's <laughs> other ear. <laughs> well, I rolled a 12. I got a 3. <laughs> like your normal game of telephone. Cyrus, you are listening just so hard, and you you actually hear Jakota's footsteps going down a hallway, getting softer and softer, and then a different cadence of very soft footsteps up a stairs. That's when it occurs to you that this house has more than one story and probably more than one meeting room. I turn to Vim and I say, well, Vim, this is a, a pin in our plans. If, if Captain Mirnay happens to walk by us and asks us who we are, what should we do? I don't want to repeat the... Uh, the fake name fiasco that I happened to put us in earlier. Do we, do we just go with the flow and say I am Kofifi? 
my gut is to ignore that whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. Tend we never gave fake names. Mm-hmm. And but still get a piece of paper saying that we are not responsible and cannot be get in trouble for what we did do at the precinct. Mm-hmm. That's still very important. But I do think we lie about why we're here. All right, sounds like a plan. You want to go uh maybe tiptoe upstairs, see what's going on? If they happen to stumble on us, we could always say that we're looking for a bathroom. I like that. <laughs> All right, it is agreed. Let's do it. The hallway, it's, it is a hallway beyond. There's a, a number of rooms that you pass on the way to the staircase and just kind of glancing into each of the rooms. There are a few servants moving about, making the house very tidy and clean. Some of the doors are closed. This, this is what you're gathering from the doors that are open a couple of the rooms that you pass in this particular hallway seem to have a different theme to their furnishing than the rest of the rooms. Maybe this family moved into the house already. And it's pretty easy to find the staircase that Chukota presumably headed upstairs. And as you two are about halfway up the staircase. Uh, you see at the top of the staircase, heading in the opposite direction, is the person you recognize as Jana, Chakota, and then another man who is short, full beard, short-ish hair, and he has a military uniform that has the most decoration of one that you have seen thus far. It's got a high collar trimmed in gold, gold trim down the front there is gold trim around the arm holes and the metal in the collar that denotes rank has multiple bars they are not really chatting dakota is talking behind them you guys basically see each other at kind of the same time dakota's eyes go wide he says <laughs> I'm so sorry, they were supposed to be waiting in the, the entryway. <laughs> and Jana looks over her shoulder, says, It's okay, Chakota. And Captain Marine proceeds down the staircase a couple steps ahead of them and says, Hello, I'm Captain Joran Marine. I don't believe I've had the pleasure of meeting you. Eddie holds out a hand. Hello, I am... And I spit out a mushroom. I I have to go to the bathroom, and I hurry upstairs. (laughs) Birde, like, pulls back his hand and looks and, like, follows Cyrus with his eyes. Jana and Chakota both, like, turn, like, step to the side to let Cyrus bolt past. And Captain Birde holds out his other hand to Vim. Vim grins from ear to ear and then her attention snaps back to Myrne and she returns the gesture, clasping his hand uh, firmly Mm -hmm. and shaking maybe slightly less than is the appropriate amount before leaving the grit. Ah, hello. Um, I apologize for our rudeness. I am... My friend and I have had rather the eventful day. My name is Vim. 
I am a trader from a caravan you might be familiar with known as the Mother Elephant, but otherwise I am a newcomer to town. This would explain why we have not met yet. And then she bows her head very politely. Ah, you're another tiefling trader. I mean, obviously. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to imply. You might Mm -hmm. be interested in the other tieflings. I'm I don't know if you've had a chance to explore our wonderful city, but there are members from the dancing mannequin farther north that you might want to say hi to them. I don't presume to understand your entire politics, but we do have other tieflings in the city. I roll a knowledge to see if I can recall anything about the dancing mannequin. Yes, you can. I got a 14. Mm -hmm. Okay. You definitely recognize the caravan name. They are known for their textile products. They make cloth and like very high quality cloth. And they also make some of the most intricate tapestries in the coalition nations. And the mother elephant has probably traded with them before, but you don't know too much about their history or their current status or things like that. Perfect. Vim's uh, eyebrows kind of raised for a moment and she, she smiles actually fully at Mirna. Ah, the, um, the dancing mannequin. I have, you know, I've, I've never been lucky enough to do business with them, but I've, I've heard of the, um, beautiful silk threads and the um, woven patterns that they'll put into their their fabrics and their textiles. Um, Mithrin is truly lucky for their presence, and I will be sure to say hello. Um, in all honesty, I am here on um, what, what you might be able to call um, a recon mission of sorts for the Mother Elephant. You see, I'm the first trader from my own caravan who has ever made the journey out here, so already my journey is better for having met you. Indeed, indeed. We would welcome the opportunity to trade uh, more with merchants of your caliber. We certainly do count ourselves lucky to have the dancing mannequin with us and hopefully soon the mother elephant as well roll an insight real quick sounds about right (laughs) actually look at my character sheet for like the second (laughs) time ever also cyrus where are you have you just like gone around the corner at the top of the stairs i've got no no no, i've got plans but it's it involves me doing some sleuthing so if you want to finish this scene first okay i got a 15 Mirne is being like 50% sincere, and behind him, Jana looks very perturbed. And she takes a couple steps forward, stands in front of him, and says, Yes, actually, uh, the first time that I met with Vim, she had indicated her interest in opening trade negotiations with the city of Mithrin, which we would absolutely love to discuss further. And you get the sense that, like, she's a little annoyed that Myrna essentially just talked for her and over her. She then turns to Chakota and says, Um, would you 
please continue to escort Captain Marinet out and make sure that he is seen back to the safekeeping of his personal guard out front. I believe it is my duty to continue to escort uh, Vim on to our meeting. Vim takes a very polite step back and then once again offers that same respectful slight bow that she gave to Myrne to Jana and almost cuts Myrne a glance as she does so almost to say like I recognize that there is an equal share of power in this room but without being well trying to be anyways like an a-hole big a charisma check actually charisma okay well good thing I got that in spades that's gonna be 17 17 Myrne looks for he opens his mouth for half a second and then decides that seems to decide that it's not whatever he has on its tongue is quite worth it. And he looks over his shoulder and does the 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 chin thrust motion to Chakota and starts heading down the stairs. And after a like stunned half of a second, Chakota trots after him and begins chattering nonsense again. And Jonna stays put until they are at the bottom of the stairs, have turned and gone out of earshot. Jonna takes a deep breath in, lets it out, and says, Hi! (laughs) And laughs a little uncomfortably. Um, welcome back. I hope that you bring good news will will let me let me take you up to my father and Hyatt and we will discuss our trade negotiations and she like leans in and winks at you excellent i am pleased to hear your father will be joining us for our um, business discussions and then she winks so hard it hurts one of her eyes <laughs> Jonna smiles widely and starts leading you back up the stairs. So Cyrus, what have you been getting up to in the like? All right. As soon as I hurried up the stairs and turned the corner, I stopped caring about the muffled noises down below. And I'm like, all right, I'll show them what the best apothecary of Bogberg is capable of doing. And I pull out a Yuli from my uh, little herbalism pack. Cut a little slit, slitting it with my fingernail and blowing it like a small child would. And I am casting the Detect Poison and Disease. I'm trying to locate Margaret's Arendelle. Rather than checking each room, I'm hoping this will show me where he is. What's the radius of that? 30 feet, and it can penetrate stone and wood. The top of the landing is another long hallway that you presume mirrors the one down below. Some doors are closed, some doors are open, but don't detect any poison or disease. Alright, well that's gonna make this job easier once I find him. I want to do some investigation, see if I can't find what I would think would be the most likely place they would stash a sick old man. I got a 14. You eventually find a door about halfway down the hallway that's sitting a little open and there's a little bit more light coming from inside of it and do you just want to push that door open? Yeah, I'm not going to be stealthy if I think I know where he is. I open the door. You 
push the door open, and two faces turn to look at you. One you recognize as Hyatt. She's sitting on a double chair across from a large writing desk where a man that you assume is Victor is sitting. He's a very plain looking man. He's got very short brown hair, hazel eyes that you would think would be brighter or seem like they should be brighter. He's got bags under his eyes. Both of them are wearing a slightly surprised expression. The Bargrex's eyes, eyebrows are like very high on his forehead and one like comes down in a very confused quirk. Hyatt, the surprise fades from her face as she stands up and says, Cyrus, this is Cyrus Sassafras. Sassafras, that is correct. They, he is one of the, what do you call yourselves? I would, many titles, noble adventurer, a do-gooder, hero, pick, pick whichever one you like. I have come to save the day, Mr. Margrix Arendelle. You, I must say, you look much better than what you were described. Are you feeling okay? I'm, I am a, an apothecary. Do you need any help? I thank you for your offer, but, uh, no, I am well taken care of. And as far as how today is going, it is a better day than the day before. And he kind of like glances at Hyatt and Hyatt says, So, Cyrus, are the rest of your companions with you? Oh, this is a mission just for uh, Vim and I. And I turn my head to the door and call out loudly. Oh, Vim, your presence is needed. Outside the door, you see Jana and Vim coming down the hall and Jana kind of like jogs a couple steps to catch up with you just a little bit before and slips inside. Chakota is taking the captain back to his guard and that should be fine. Should we? And Hyatt nods and says, yes, whatever Vim and Cyrus are here to speak about it, we shall speak about it now. Victor has been apprised of the situation and what your group is doing for us. So have you been able to, what have you been able to learn? I look over to Vim. It's like, so are we, in, are we doing this? Vim sh- shrugs almost and then first waves her hands and says, well, first, I, okay, so I, I do want to clear any air, um, while I do want to establish some business in this town, um, I did not come here to speak with Myrne. We we came to speak with y'all about the things we've learned about Liara and what she left behind. And then Mim shrugs again and looks at Cyrus and nods, kind of responding like, yeah, we're doing this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad you're sitting down. I... Oh, oh, also, um, okay, so, um, before we get into that, I just want to put out there that, um, there is a piece of documentation that we don't want to get into, but we do need, 
and that will be the thing we ask for in exchange for the cool thing that we did. Cyrus is nodding. And if everyone could just agree to that first, we can continue. Yeah, can you guys can you guys be cool? Can you can you be cool? And I look at both of them. The the three of them exchange glances and Jonna says, "We have no reason to not be cool." So, yes, it shouldn't be a problem, whatever it is. Nice. All right, so I guess we'll get into that later. So first... I mean, I, I guess I'll just say it. Mirna's a, a, a murderer. <laughs> did, you, did you know that? <laughs> so... <laughs> that guy, at, he killed a guy. And we have proof. <laughs> Jana mouth drops. Eyes go wide and what that I believe that, but that can't be true. Oh no. And Victor just steeples his fingers on his desk and like sinks his forehead behind them and rubs his eyes and rubs his temple. And Hyatt lets out a very long sigh. <sighs> And she is the one that responds and says, If what you say is true, we are and I am saddened to hear that the captain is indeed so desperate for power that he would do such a thing. What is the proof that you have? Well, we did find, um couple things. We found journal entries from the late Liara explaining about how Captain Myrne confessed to her some very terrible news. So we found some some, uh, some dangerous allegations, but we found further proof when we opened the last piece of writing that Liara wrote down before she died. She hid it in a locked box. We finally found the key to open that locked box, and in it, she wrote down that Captain Myrne had confessed to her that he had killed your predecessor. Liara wrote a couple of entries in her diary before she passed on that look suspicious, but aren't necessarily damning. But... When considered with the note she left behind in the box, it does look like Myrne and Rowan conspired with one another to kill her. Uh, Mr. Agrix, you are, your wrinkles are telling a lot right now. Are you sure I can't give you some peppermint or some butterbur for that headache? Thank you for the offer, Cyrus. What you have just told us gives much for us to consider. Did you, by chance, bring copies of this diary or the writing with you? I just start checking my pockets. <laughs> hmm. Oh, crap, right. Um. So, I'm remembering now in this moment, we actually came here to get that piece of paperwork I had been talking about. But it seems that we ended up spilling all the beans right now. 
kind of flaps his hand limply in the air and says, it's no, it's no matter if Jana and Hyatt believe you, I believe you. I knew Liara personally for what short time I have been here and knew her, and I am certain that she would not lie in her words or her... And we have no reason to lie to you. We are newcomers to this town. There's no reason for us to pick a fight with Myrne, so I am thankful that you trust her and in turn trust us. And we would be able to provide copies at a later date, though. One thing I must ask right now is that you do not take action upon this information. Our group is still pondering what is the right thing to do next, and we each have things we would like to do in Mithrin that this complicates. We would need more evidence of some sort to convict Myrne or Rowan of whatever crimes that you think they perpetrated or they seem to have perpetrated or barring that, get them on some other sort of infraction. And he kind of trails off. And it seems like he was like thinking out loud than offering anything substantial. But Hyatt is nodding along with him and says, we can believe everything that you've said with our heart of hearts, but we unfortunately are tied by the law and cannot simply arrest people on suspicions and diary entries. Wait, do y'all have a force with which you can arrest? Yes. That's a good point. They all three of them nod and Victor says that is also a large problem. Their force is my force. A few of the other well-off individuals have mercenaries that serve under them. We have no such thing. Sounds like you desperately need some friends. I uh, I don't know if you have met Sergeant Landon yet, but he seemed like a trustworthy fellow. He accompanied us on our way to Mithrin. Maybe it would be good to have people under his control guard your house instead of Mune's control. That is why we requested Chakota to be one of our primary guards. Our other rotating guard is also from Landon's platoon. He made a point of it of meeting with us shortly after he arrived in the city. And we have chatted. He's a very trustworthy fellow. And Victor and Jana both nod. I'm, uh, I can respect that you follow the law, even though the other side doesn't seem like they're playing fair, but where do we go from here? How do we put Liara's ghost at peace? Because that is what I am most concerned with. There are two sides to that that sentiment. The first being, well, one of them being, what can help a restless spirit pass on is very specific to that spirit and it's hard for mortals to know what is going to help them. There's another aspect. She nods to 
Victor and says, and he nods in agreement. We have suspected that Myrne or Rowan or one or both of them have more skeletons in the closet than just a checkered military record. What I would consider our best course of action would be to find proof beyond a doubt of either the murders or one of the other skeletons in the closet. Cyrus is nodding and just looks at them. I think... That sounds wise to me. Right now, the primary advantage we have is that only the people in this room have reason to suspect Myrne and Rowan. Elsewise, they don't know what we know. If y'all can hold your hand until such a time as we can find more information, Cyrus and I will need to work with our friends Arden and Jarrell to find more proof or to find more skeletons but patience will be required how much sway do you have let's say we were arrested would you be able to bail us out as you have been talking Hyatt had nodded to Jana, and Jana has pulled out what looks like Arendelle family stationery and has been writing on one of the other desks in very, very neat calligraphy, what you would assume is some sort of writ or a warrant. To answer your question, depending on the circumstances of the arrest would determine whether we can help or not. Have you... In the couple of days you have been here, encountered, they call themselves the Faceless? Cyrus shrugs. You know, I know someone. I mean, I've had a run-in with them, but I know someone who has also had a run-in with them. Perhaps, perhaps we can discuss the Nameless or the, what was it? The Nameless, the Faceless? Is it both? It's the faceless. Like that's what. So the faceless. Maybe, maybe we can gather together more people who have encountered them to discuss it. But it sounds like you think they're more than just a ragtag group of criminals terrorizing kind people in the night. While the faceless have stolen, struck the other wealthy individuals in this city, I have never been harassed by them. Jana has never been harassed by them, nor has Hyatt. And to Captain Myrne and Rowan, that looks awfully suspicious. I'm, <clears throat> pardon me for being a, a bumpkin who doesn't understand the ways of politics in the big city, but what exactly are you implying here? Is, is this ragtag group of criminals somehow more than what they appear i'm i'm lost we do not know what it means is jana actually interrupts her mother and says because they haven't attacked us it makes it look like we're working with them and we certainly aren't 
and she, like, stamps her foot. Hmm. So maybe this is one of the skeletons? There, There's a resounding three-person shrug. Hyatt's saying, We would love to know more about this organization. But, yet again, it is one of those things, because they are so careful about hiding their faces and covering their tracks, we haven't been able to get any charges to stick as the colloquial goes. At this, Vim, like, she looks down and she starts rubbing her temples and she kind of just goes, Oh, God. Well, I might have a lead regarding them, but that that is something I am unwilling to discuss until another time. But I may be finding out more of them whether I want to or not. And as she says this, she's picturing the the blue-skinned tiefling with the circular horns who she was presented a picture of a while ago and knows that sh- she has something she needs to follow up on, but <laughs> doesn't want to. <laughs> Cyrus looks so confused as he's watching Vim, who has information that he did not know about. And then he's just like turning head to Vim, turning head to the Argrex, like, um... Are we, Vim, are you on board? Are we, are we taking a new quest? I, what's going on? I'm on board. I think we have a lot of work to do. We've, and we have much to tell Arden and Jarrell when we get back. But yes, we need to find more evidence regarding the misdeeds of, of Myrna and Rowan. And we need to further investigate the faceless. She just looks exasperated at that last point. <laughs> Both as the ruler of this city and on a personal level, I would be very grateful for your continued assistance. Friends are few and far between. Yes, well, um, these new friends, as it turns out, have about four or five different names they go by. So um, I see that fancy piece of paper you got there. Um. I got some new names you gotta slap on that thing. Well, perhaps could you just write a piece of paper that says, we can do whatever we want, <laughs> and sign it. Jonna looks up from her writing and scowls a little bit. Okay, what what do I need to modify in here? I um, have it saying that Vim, Vim, do you have a last name? Vim I, of the Mother Elephant. Yes, that works. Vim of the Mother Elephant, Cyrus Sassafras. Sometimes known as Kofefi Crater. She looks at her piece of paper that is like perfectly justified, each word perfectly spaced from the others, and just closes her eyes, shuffles it to the side, puts a blank piece of paper in front of her, and says, Okay, what 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 are all the names now? <laughs> What if you just write an amendment to the original document and then just put a bunch of blank spaces where we can just kind of write it in as we go? There's a like a beat of silence. And at the same time, all three of them go, why? (laughs) I believe our conversation was predicated on... Us receiving a piece of paper and that few questions. You said you'd be cool. (laughs) Yes. Victor blinks slowly at you you two at his desk. Hyatt looks a little bit like a disappointed parent 
And then Jonna takes the original piece of paper, pulls it back in front of her, and at the very bottom, in like the bottom margin, writes in these individuals, also known as, and then just leaves a space. And then at the very, very bottom, she signs her name and then passes it to Hyatt and Victor. And they also both sign it at the bottom. When it reaches Victor's desk, at the bottom corner, he takes some of his sealing wax, drips it on the paper, and then puts the Arendelle seal at the bottom of the piece of paper, then folds it neatly and hands it across the desk. Tim takes it and kisses the bottom when the wax is still like a little warm. (laughs) It's a little warm. Well, I guess we will continue on our mission. I appreciate you being cool. I give them all a little wink. Vim, are we are we done here? Jonna winks back. Hyatt sighs, and Victor, that piece of paper will give you access to public records in the city. Information at the precinct. What it cannot give you access to are personal effects. For us to have access to personal effects, we have to write a specific warrant for, say, a person's house or something like that. We cannot take Liara's belongings. Understood. I have a feeling we will learn the specific limitations of this piece of paper through trial and error. (laughs) They don't respond to that, <laughs> and instead, it says, I will, I will show you out if we have concluded our business. Wait, 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 wait. Um, one last thing here. I've, <clears throat> normally I don't care about material things, but I've noticed that I am running out of coin quickly, and the coriander's kiss is not cheap. Is there any type of payment that we may receive for our help in this very serious, very important matter? She she walks over one of the corners of the room, turns a dial, opens it up, and comes back with a small bag of coins and hands it over to Cyrus. And she says, In there, you will find more than enough for the next few days of accommodations, normal accommodations, and share with your friends. Oh, don't worry. This will go to a good cause. All right, Vim, let's get out of here. You guys head down. Hyatt walks with you. So you get down back to the that drawing room where Chakota is waiting for you. You both turn to leave. Hyatt stops you for a second and says, Victor would not have wanted to mention this of his own volition, but the previous Margrex of this city, before the position was called Margrex, if you have learned about his murder, Witherhite was a close personal friend of Victor's before even Witherhite was in Mithrin and much before Victor came to Mithrin. Victor will, of course, understate how important it is to get to the bottom of 
all of this, I thought I was important for you to know. Cyrus just gives her a nod. Thank you. So I wish you luck. Stay safe. And maybe find a different fake name besides Coffee Bee. <laughs> oh, we've got this. Don't worry about us. We are golden. And I turn over to to Vim and I just like say, I don't know what Jarell was worrying about. We are amazing diplomats. <laughs> Back over to the library. Jarell sees the library for the first time. It's very beautiful entryway glass ceiling letting in a little bit of light enter into the front lobby area oh odd and dolly you're back already i found somebody who is significantly faster at reading than i am i thought i'd bring them to hopefully get some of what i'm looking for done more oh don't don't underscore yourself darling i'm sure you did just fine Welcome to the library. How can we help you? Thank you. First, I'm done with this particular book. Jarell is kind of looking like between Arnon and Judy and is kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm so pleased to meet you. I'm Dr. Goldenheel. I hear that you are a great help. An actual doctor is gracing my presence. I'm going to swoon. I reach over the counter to shake her hands. Before she shakes your hand, she like dramatically puts the back of her hand to her forehead and dips her head back and then takes the hand that's at her forehead and clasps yours. I'm just as excited to meet you. What was your name? My name is Judy. Hello, Judy. I'm so happy to be here and so happy to meet you. What a lovely library you have. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful and more wonderful that now there are two highly attractive individuals in it. <laughs> Would you like to be led back to the same section you were before? Well, I, I kind of turned to Arden. Where did you start looking last time? Going back to that same section might be useful. Of course, of course. I believe it was the history of the area. Do you have anything that's like, you know, a very recent but very broad, well-researched kind of volume that, that might be a history of the area that would be very well-sourced that we could look through the index of? We don't have a encyclopedia of the Mithrin or history or something like that, but we have a small paper that people have been making. Oh, like a local newspaper. That would be marvelous, yes. Uh, is it is it still in circulation, or... Someone cares about that shit newspaper. As I said, somebody who is significantly better versed in the reading of things and, and searching out relevant information than I am. Oh no, Judy's right. Don't sell yourself short, darling. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short? I'm the short one here. Jarell, you see this for the first time. She takes like two steps down after stepping obviously off of a box, comes around the front of the desk area there and says, follow me, follow me. Jarell would never in a million years admit it, but they're a little thrilled to be for once the person in the room who's not a halfling and also not the shortest person in the room. How, how tall is Jarell? 411, like literally just shy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a, a small person. 
She leads you to that section that you were in before. And here's where you were last time. Let me show you where the newspaper is. And you can just do what you will there. In a side room, there's a another, like, really small desk and a tired, blonde human man sitting behind it. There's, like, one display that's got some open papers on it, and then behind that are shelves of more of these papers, and there is a printing press in this room, and it's various accoutrements. If you have any questions about the newspaper, Simon over there can answer them for you. And the blonde guy puts his head up and waves a little bit. Judy says, if you need any help, you know where to find me and do come find me. She winks and then trots back off to presumably the front of the library. What a charming woman. I love librarians. How old is Simon? How old does he look? Uh, Simon looks like he's in his mid-twenties. Okay, so a lot younger than... So, um, Simon, do you write this newspaper or just print it right here? He looks up and kind of straightens a little bit. He's also fairly short, it seems. I, I, I write it now. I did not write it years and years ago. It's had many writers over the time that it's been in existence and right now I'm basically kind of the uh, the safekeeper of it and he just kind of like shrugs his shoulders a little bit. No one reads it anymore. We don't have the ability to distribute it anymore and so it's just kind of here. What's the run of it? How, how far back does it go? It goes back to the founding of Mithrin. Candace, can you remind me how old Mithrin is? It is approximately 50 years old. And when did it all sort of grind to a halt? It ground to a halt 10 years after the city was founded. Oh, so it's been halted for most of the city's lifetime. Yes. The dates of interest for, like, milestones in Mithrin's history in... 647 is when Mithril was discovered and within a year the beginnings of the city was put up and the mine was started in 658 so that's like 11 years later the mine ran out between 658 and 683 there were a number of elected people that ran Mithrin, like, officially, unofficially. 683 is when Witherhite started running Mithrin, and there's, like, a big two-page spread about Witherhite. I want to pu- put that one aside real quick. Not, not like, I don't want to pay attention to it. I mean, in the sense of, I want to look at it more closely later. In the two-page spread, there's, like, a what would be an intaglio print. There's a print of a drawing of Witherhite. And it appears that Witherhite is a tiefling with a very large set of distinctive circular horns. 
Okay, Jarrell sees that and they immediately pause and, and like, re- they want to kind of look at the guy and then skim the article more closely. It says that Witherhite was one of the prominent merchant families at Pfizer's, and after that merchant family left, he stayed behind and kind of rallied the people behind him and was able to get himself elected to kind of run the city. It appears that Captain Myrna and Rowan were already there at that time with their force and they sort of put their support behind Witherheight and his advisors. And that's about what it says. It also goes on to say more about like Witherheight is going to raise taxes so that they can redistribute the wealth and do some infrastructure projects and basically his running platform essentially. This is a paper from about 12 years ago. Okay. Okay. Just to like give you kind of a peek into what Jer- what is flashing through Jarrell's mind as they're looking at this picture and reading this article is Okay, so we have these bandits out at night, apparently robbing rich people, possibly attached to this person who, possibly, based on just what they read from Ben's mind, might be attached to this tiefling, this blue tiefling with horns, and, like, they're already, like, in full-on conspiracy mode. Like, did this guy fake his death and is now Robin Hooding this city? (laughs) Like, is, like, what's kind of flashing through their head. Arden knows none of this. Yeah, Arden knows none of this. Yeah, he will look at Jarell and say, well, you seem to be doing your best there. I'll nod to Sam. Simon. Remind me, Arden, what's, what is our, what's the research question we're pursuing at the moment? I find myself mildly distracted. <laughs> the research question is finding out what the research question is. You remember, as well as the others, what happened in the forest the other day. The forest, yes, yes. Thank you so much for the reminder. I will go back to the stacks of books while you read the papers. Jarrell pulls out two pieces of paper and at the top of one writes in bold letters, The Forest! (laughs) 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 To, like, kind of remind themselves where they're at. And then on another sheet of paper... They make note of the date of this piece of this newspaper, something you know, something to the effect of wither height connections, without any other detail. The the other two dates that are important, presumably you just take another like very quick flip through the rest of the newspapers. I'm quickly gonna flip through and see if I can find anything on Wither Heights murder. So there's an article in the six ninety is the date. There's an article about the Witherhite murder. It doesn't, from a cursory look, it doesn't look like it goes much in detail. In 691, about a year later, there's a big old long article about Victor Arendale and like a short biography of this guy who's taking over for Witherhite. The year after that, there's a the entire paper is about the war that has been declared in the North and 
everything that's known about it up till that point. And then it's the more recent papers. You do find one about last year about the weird event during spring. Oh, that N told me about with the where the thing came out of the forest? Yeah, the, the article basically boils down to some people are like very convinced that it happened. Some people are think it was all in their head, but Captain Mirne decided the threat was great enough that he requested more or support from the coalition forces at large. Are there names of, of witnesses or people kind of mentioned by name? No, because most no one wanted to be like identified one way or another. And the article says such, like for fear of ridicule, ridicule, for fear of being thought they were crazy or for like for fear of lying basically protect your sources type thing can i just run like roll like an investigation or an intelligence check or something to see if i can find anything else that sort of stands out about this whole forest situation roll investigation i rolled a net 20 26 (laughs) the books jarell is the best investigator (laughs) Reading between the lines of this article, you take a Jarell takes a closer look at it. You would be able to guess that the individuals interviewed were probably forest workers, the lumberjacks, some amount of soldiers under Myrne that were, or some amount of the soldiers in the city. And if those two groups of people, you can't find someone who can talk about it, they would know who to be able who to point you to to get the information. I wonder what kind of pillow talk Cyrus had with the <laughs> Basically what you get. Nothing else related to any disturbance in the forest in the entire run of the newspaper. There are two other articles that you find. One is about a person named Devin who has gone missing and hasn't come back. The second one, the person who went into the forest and did come back is named Morris. Is Devin on my list of seven people who went missing in the area from that book that Arden brought back? He's not. The the Devin article is after the published date of the book that you had looked at. So presumably his statistic is not in there. And same with Morris. All right, I, I pull out whatever notes I have from the first book and add the, that information to that. And then is there any information on Morris that would like help me find him? He is also a lumberjack. Article says his wife and kid are very happy to have him back, but doesn't have like his home address or anything in it. Lumberjack is good enough. Jarrell is, like, looking around, like, where did Arden go? <laughs> Arden went back to the books. He was oh. like, Jarrell is getting absorbed in newspapers and flipping through them at an insane speed. I can go and be useful elsewise. Jarrell's gonna wrap up what they're doing and come find you. Arden is looking as best he can through the books, though he kind of expects eventually Jarrell will catch up to him after having found anything of note. 
he's looking for references in books about Mithrin specifically to names of disappearances of the unexplained disappearances from the first book that he found. So Jarell, you find Arden in this section. Uh, I, you know, in that first book, you had it kind of found some people who had gone missing. There's a, a few more that were listed in the newspaper that went missing more recently, and and one of them actually came back. So I think we might see if we can track him down. It seems like, you know, the Lumberjacks Guild or whoever uh, might be able to tra- help us track him down. I sort of like shove this page of notes at Arden as I'm kind of interestedly looking around. Uh, what are, what are you looking for? <laughs> Oh shit, I rolled another map. Another 20? Yeah, 20, 26, but yeah. Why don't I roll like this when we're lying to the captain of the guard? <laughs> okay. Jarell is good at reading and bad at lying. My dice knows that we're in a library. You find like five more books, and I'm just gonna give you, because you guys rolled well enough for this, that you could basically spend the rest of the, like, the next couple hours finding all of this stuff and taking notes on it, you end up with a pile of books that look to be the most reliable information about theories of the Feywild and stories and such. There's another book that has straight-up legends about the Feywild, and there's, like, Two or three books of each of these. Arden looks over. Do any of them look like they'd be even remotely useful? All of them do. I This oh, pile yeah. of books are the ones that look like they would be the most useful. One of them talks about legends. One of them is talking about a story of one of the other geological regions from the first book that you could presume might be applicable to geolo- geological? Geographical? Geographical. Gosh, bless it. Geographical information. After this encounter with the Fae, Arden seemed pretty unruffled and not like this was like some kind of seminal experience. Does that like strike me as odd or unusual at all? Can I roll insight? Go for it. Big money. 19. I guess I'm not so much suspicious of ill intent as I am, like, clearly he knows more than he's letting on about the Fae. The 19 on Insight will will let you know, yes, there, I am being hit in the face with a brick. I mean, Arden obviously isn't hitting you in the face with a brick, it's metaphorical, but yeah, he's not particularly trying to hide that. He just also does not see a reason to broadcast it or think that other people understand enough to handle the truth. Jarrell kind of taps, is tapping at the page that has some kind of legend on it and is looking between the book and Arden. It finally goes, you know, Arden, I appreciate uh, your proclivity for, for privacy and it's, you know, sort of the, the opposite face of it being, you know, a propensity not to pry into the business of others, and um, I don't wish to pry into anything you don't particularly want to speak about, but I wonder 
it does seem to me that perhaps you might be the better judge of what we're looking at here might be accurate and what is not. That is probably true. At the same time, you, it turns out, are a much faster and more adept reader than I am. And these are books, so you should perhaps just, not to be rude, look for anything that seems interesting, and we can come together once we have found things and decide what might be useful or not as a group, together. After all, I was not attacked by a giant monster that nearly trampled all of you to death. I suppose what I mean is more that, um, I mean, any book is going to be written best by, by someone who has maybe more direct experience. And so if you have any suspicions or theories as to what might be going on, that might guide us in a direction that leads to more fruitful research. My best bet is that there's something in the forest that has been made sick by the presence of the town nearby here, not having the least to do with the fact that they're pumping something out from the earth beneath it, something highly flammable, and chopping down its forest that has caused it to become distressed and perhaps somewhat dangerous to anybody walking inside. Interesting. Do you think it might be any one specific item of those activities? The, the, the mining, the what, lumbering? If I had any certainty, I wouldn't be needing to read. Hmm. I wonder if we might... Jarrell's kind of thinking out loud. Since there are news reports of, of something emerging from the forest actively about a year ago, I wonder if we might look specifically at what sort of activity was happening then in terms of, you know, the industrial activity around the city. What did they call it? When did they start mining this dragon's spit? Because as best I can tell from all of this, it doesn't have anything to do with the mithril. Can we just assume we have a stack of newspapers with us too? <laughs> so we don't have to keep getting up. Actually, yeah, you would have seen it in the newspapers. A couple years after the mine dried up is when there's an article about the use of dragon spit during the winter to keep things warm. Drell's like sketching out a timeline and on the timeline is all of the disappearances including Morris and Devin and then also maybe a star for this like emergence event. I want to leaf through the newspapers again real quick and see if there's anything like in say the six months leading up to that event in terms of like industrial announcements like anything with the mine anything with the forestry industry. It's not an industrial event. It doesn't have to do with the mine or the forest. But there is a article about the primary researcher of the university, a Marin, the one that you had presumably been corresponding with. And there's a article about her research that the university is very excited to be hosting the research of this great scientist of her day. She is investigating energy that is not related to the dragon spit or wood burning sources. And she has a theory that something in the geography of the area can be 
harnessed. Thank you for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter, PodRealms. We also have a website, www.littlerealms.com. May your journey be successful, and we'll see you next time. The wonderful music you hear on Little Realms is possible due to royalty-free music and content creators, such as tabletopaudio.com, freesounds.org, and Kevin McLeod, creator of incomputech.com. Royalty-free music licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution License 3.0.